Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to, for the record, number 108, the late night edition. No, I'm kidding. Um, I just didn't have a chance to get this uploaded and get the intro recorded. It's been, I've been out at some kind of event every single night this week, and it's been really, really hectic. I even, for, I ironically even forgot that I had this interview for the podcast, and I felt so bad about it when it happened. I've never had that happen in the entirety of doing this show, um, but I'm very grateful that uh, our guest was very kind enough to reschedule and to understand uh, my fuck-up, so um, thank you so much, dude, for this. Uh, before we get into the show, I think this is a perfect opportunity to introduce uh, one of our sponsors who has been a sponsor on previous episodes, Vinyl Me Please, uh, better known as the best damn record club of the month. It's basically every month you get one album featured and it's sent out to thousands of members worldwide. So you sign up and then you get a different record each month. It's a great way to discover new music. There's a lot of different perks and benefits and a lot of great features that come with it. The most popularly recommended package um, is the uh, three-month, $27 a month, $81 billed every three months. It's up on their website at vinylmeplease.com. Um, you get three exclusive LPs, three original art prints, and three custom cocktail recipes that are meant to accompany the record that you're listening to. That's so unique, and that's so, I think that's super cool. To sign up and become a member of this wonderful record club, Record of the Month Club, visit joinvmp.com slash shameless promo. Once again, joinvmp.com slash shameless promo. This episode is Jinko, J-I-N-C-O. He's one of those electronic music producers. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, he's a, a great music producer from uh, who was originally based in Santa Cruz, California, which immediately caught my attention in the email um, that I got that was pitching him to me. Um, he's currently residing uh, down in Southern California making music, um, but he's got some incredible electronic tracks. Uh, he just released a new single that we actually premiered on Shameless called Haven't Said featuring a really phenomenal vocalist named Jake Herring. Um, and with this chat, uh, we were also super stoked to um, announce and talk about how uh, Jenko is going to be part of OMFG NYE Festival, which is a festival produced by a really wonderful production company in uh, Southern California called LED. And he's going to be performing alongside Tiesto, Dylan Francis, Zed, just a few names you've probably heard before. Um, he, he was fantastic. He was such a great chat and it really, it got a little bit deep in this when we were talking about just, uh, not just songwriting, which is something that I kind of try to base these conversations in, but just a, a lot of the, uh, just talk about careers and how you, how we kind of envision people listening to art and really absorbing what people do. And it was just, it was a fantastic conversation. Uh, Jinko, you were fantastic. You can come back on the show anytime. I highly encourage it. Um, the single is out now. You can listen to it, uh, by visiting, uh, Jinko's website at, uh, jinkoofficial.com or on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash jinkoofficial. Um, pick it up on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. All right. Uh, this is episode number Number 108 of For the Record with Jinko. Enjoy.
awesome. Yeah, that was so I attributed that to a number of things. One was my schedule being so just I was so all over the place this past week that I because I usually just scroll through my calendar and make sure that I have everything set up. And then the other was uh, a glitch with the iPhone software because I put in the update and my alarm did not go off. Um, yeah, I've, no worries at all. Honestly, yeah. it's yeah. all good. Um, there was so there was something I noticed um, that I did want to ask you just for just right off the bat. I know your number says that uh, your number says you're calling from Santa, Bar- like it says from Santa Barbara, but are you from Santa Cruz? Yeah, I'm from Santa Cruz. I'm currently living in Santa Barbara, though. Got it. Okay, cool. Oh, I'm ironically I'm going. I ask because uh, ironically I'm going to Santa Cruz today, and I remember hearing that uh, reading in my bio it said you're from that area. So that's uh, yeah, that's right. Nice. nice. I'll actually I'll actually be in Santa Cruz on Monday. Nice. Yeah, uh, for Thanksgiving, gonna go home to see the fam. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was gonna ask if it was either for like a show or for family because I know that there's like, there are some dance music shows that are coming through. Uh, I think the Catalyst. So I didn't know if you were jumping on the bill for that or anything. No, I'm not on the bill for that. Unfortunately, uh, I'm just com- coming home for some good old Thanksgiving and relaxing. Hell yeah! No, that'll be good. Um, when did you move down to Santa Barbara? Um, I moved to Santa Barbara about. Oh, yeah, it's coming up on two years. So I moved there um, at the end of 2015. Nice. Yeah, so I've been living in, um, I've been living up here for, yeah, almost two years now. It's crazy. That's fantastic. I mean, would you say that, I mean, the environment in Santa Cruz, with when you're looking at a place like Santa Cruz or Santa Barbara, is there one that's better or uh in in terms of in terms of allowing for your ability to write um uh, like or is it just kind of uh is is does that not really play into it i mean yeah it's different it's interesting because santa cruz obviously is home you know that's where i grew up uh all my friends are there my mom lives there like that's where all my childhood memories are from um but um Hold on, sorry. Uh, but in Santa Barbara is—I don't know. For me, it's kind of—I don't feel like I can. I feel like when I'm in Santa Cruz, I can't make music, unfortunately. Yeah. Because just because, like, when I'm there, all my friends are there. I want to go surfing, and it's when I go to Santa Cruz, that's my time to just kind of chill out, relax, take my mind off of the craziness of this job and making music every day all day long so yeah it's just a, it, but i but i think the reason of that is because my home base is in santa barbara so when i'm in santa barbara this is my this is when i'm like focused on making music and then when i go home to santa cruz that's when i'm like taking my mind off of all the craziness you know definitely yeah i mean that makes sense i there are there's certain places where i can work that are um like that feel more like a work environment whereas like with stuff like i know whenever i say i'm gonna go home to uh, i'm originally from san jose like i'm gonna go home to san jose i'm gonna get some work done i'm like i never get work done <laughs> yeah i mean i sometimes i can you know get a couple hours of work but never when i need to be like oh i need to go write a song yeah santa cruz is difficult um but i think that if i had my studio and my whole like zone 
um, then I could, you know, make music easily. It's just, for me, making music is entirely on the environment. So when I'm in the studio here in Santa Barbara, like, I'm in my own room, uh, not my bedroom, but my own, like, studio space, um, where no one's coming in. There's, I don't talk to anybody. I literally am just with my laptop and my monitors, and I can be creative. Yeah. Um, when I'm in Santa Cruz, my mom's there. She wants to, you know, have lunch or hang out or her animals are running around and distracting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so kind of going off of that, and this might be a little bit of a loaded question, but when you're in that proper environment where you're ready to write songs and you know that you're going to be able to focus, do you have a typical, like, is is there a general like estimated time for how long it takes you to get the bare like the bare bones of a track or does or is that totally something that's just it depends completely on the situation um yeah i guess it kind of just depends on where my where my head is at you know so this like for example the other day um i came into the studio it was on like saturday or sunday um, I think yeah, it was on Sunday, and I had three hours, and I kind of just wanted to see if I sat here, no idea what I'm going to make, just kind of been like, all right, I'm going to write a track and see how far I can get in three hours. And it, I was really surprised how far along I could get in a song in three hours. So it literally just is, depends on how focused I am. If I can sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to write a song, or i got to do a remix, I can sit down and do a track in a day. Yeah. But it's like sometimes you sit down and you get an email and then you reply to the email and then that takes you to Facebook and then you're, you know, posting to Facebook and then you got to do the same post to Instagram and Twitter. Yep. Next thing you know, you just spend an hour and a half doing, not making music. And you're, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it just depends. I mean, I guess it, when I have an idea of what I'm trying to accomplish, I can accomplish it really, really fast. If I kind of sit down, like today, for example, I got in the studio at, you know, 9.30, and one of the, and I have a new track coming out in, you know, on December 5th, so I have to make sure that the track's finished, mixed and mastered properly. And so I sat down and, you know, got it to a point where I think it's done. Now I am have to go make a cover for it, you know, figure out what the cover art's going to be. Now it's 11, so... <laughs> I've been sitting here for an hour and a half trying to figure out what kind of cover I want to make. Um, so it just really depends. If I had come in here and said, all right, I'm going to make a new song, who knows how long, how far I would have gotten it. It really, I guess, to answer your question, it just depends on kind of where I'm at and the, the headspace that I'm in. Yeah. Um, well, with something like Haven't Said about, like, how long did that take to come together? Was that a really involved process? Because I know you had Jake Herring do the vocals on it, like, I guess how, like, from the first concept to the entire finished, like, it's ready to go, we're going to premiere it, um, how long did that take? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll be honest about, with that song, originally that was created, I actually got hit up um, by this singer probably a year, maybe a year and a half ago, okay. maybe a little, yep, yeah, and they had reached out and were like, hey, we're from, I think they're from Venezuela. And they're, they're like, hey, we really would love to do a song with you. Here's a vocal. Would you be down to write to this? And I was like, 
all right. I kind of liked the vocal. I thought it was, you know, unique. It was hard to really uh, understand what they were saying, but the melodies that they created were pretty cool. And uh, and so I wrote this track um, to those vocals, and uh, or excuse me, I wrote a version or a like a version of a song to the vocals, and then I sent it to them, and they were like, "Oh, we don't really like it." And I was like, "All right, whatever." <laughs> and yeah. so the song kind of. So and, and so the song, uh, the old version had just sat there for, I don't know, a year. And then one day I was just sitting in the studio and I was kind of just going through some of the old stuff that I had worked on. And I was like, and I heard the version that I had made uh, all, all those, you know, that year and a half or a year or so ago. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty dope. Like. I'm going to dive into this thing. And literally right then I wrote the whole song. <laughs> and, and, you, and, and, and I completely, I mean, the, the track today and the track that we had originally, you know, the only similarities to that idea was the intro guitar. And then, and then obviously like I made uh, a version of it and then I got in the studio with my writing partner and we kind of just took it to the next level. So sometimes we can, write something in a day start to finish and it just works like that you know you have an idea and it can just flow out really really naturally and then sometimes you're just like uh i just don't even know what to do with this i'm just gonna let it sit for a year and then i'll come back to it it's so weird how you think like you think one door is totally closed and then just either months or years later it it opens up again in a way that you didn't ever think was possible. And then that leads to this just creative burst of energy. Exactly. And that's actually, you know, yeah, it's just crazy how it works like that. And then like, after I had made this initial or this new version and, uh, I showed it, um, then I got, I got reached out to by Jake Herring and he was like, yo, I'd really love to do a track with you. And I, listen to his stuff and I thought his voice was really unique and I never worked with a well actually that's not true I had only worked with one male vocalist before and that was uh, uh, Bernhardt um, but this track was we had worked on uh, maybe, it, maybe it was right after uh, yeah it was after Bernhardt and so I'm, I'm always like interested in working with male vocals because it really adds a different kind of cadence and texture to a song than a female vocalist yeah, and I always find it hard to find those really, really, really good vocal male vocalists. And so, um, when Jake uh, had hit me up, I sent him a couple different tracks, and he really, you know, connected with having said. And so, him and I just did a couple. I think we probably worked on it for about a week or so, just Skype calling. He was singing, and we write. We literally just sat on the Skype and wrote the lyrics together. Um, and then he would sing it, and I'd be like, oh, let's try this. And then he would sing it, and then we just kind of like went back and forth with the, uh, with the writing of the lyrics. And, yeah, it just kind of came together really nicely. And then what's funny is, this, is the, uh, the song actually just sat for maybe like four or five, four months. Because I went on tour through Australia, New Zealand, and India, and we, had no, we, hadn't, even, we hadn't talked for you know, at least two months because I was on tour. And then I came back and I was listening to the song. I was like, I think we need to put this thing out. I think time is right for this track to come out. And he's like, all right, let's do it. So it's just weird how we finished the song a long time ago, but then it just, you know, 
the, I, the thought of putting it out hadn't come up, and then all of a sudden, I decided I just wanted to put out all my music. I'm just sick and I'm just tired of sitting on all these tracks. Yeah. And I and I just want the world to hear what I've been creating. And it's you know you sit and you wait for these record labels to just you know give you the time of day, and you end up. I think that sometimes hinders your creative. Your creative because at the end of the day, it's not about the record labels. It's about your art. And if the, if the labels don't see your vision, then you know what? Just put it out yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one. I, it can be very discouraging when you if you have a full thing ready to go, and then you're waiting just kind of for a label to say. Um, that they accept it when it's like, no, if you put it out on your own first and you have a good vision and a good, um, obviously the music's good and then the artwork is stellar and up there, you have some good shows that you've got booked, uh, people will take notice of that. It's like you it's like you can't, you almost can't like wait for something to happen. You kind of got to make it happen yourself, if that makes sense. To- totally, totally. And, and yeah, for, it is discouraging, you know. Some, sometimes I'm sitting there being like, well, what is it about these tracks that nobody wants to find? But these other tracks, they love. I mean, and, and you can, and then all of a sudden you're, you start thinking in your mind, like, wow, am I even doing the right thing here? Like, is this really the path that I, was, I should be on? And then you kind of just need to be like, shut up, Fox. This is the path <laughs> you're supposed to be on. <laughs> and just keep on going. It is tough. This is probably the hardest business, I think, to be. I guess music and, uh, you know, film and television are just, it's just so difficult. There's so much competition. There's so much talent. And, um, yeah, you just got to, you know, stay positive and just keep pushing forward. 100%. Well, I mean, I feel like you're, from what I've read and what I've seen from you, seem like a self-starter. I mean, like, you just did a tour of Australia, New Zealand, and India back-to-back. I feel like that that kind of shows that you're, like, into really the idea of, well, I'm just going to go do this thing, and here I am, three after, like, crossing half the world. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, those those tours happen, it's was really interesting how they happened and yeah like i think that if you're really passionate about something and you were willing to sacrifice everything for that passion um good things come you know sometimes we it's hard to really see the forest from the trees because of you know you know people or say labels or whatever the powers that be kind of just you know are not in your favor um, but if you're willing to just keep on pushing, eventually those powers that be will see that and be like, all right, let's give this guy a chance. You know, he's been, he's been knocking on our door for long enough and he hasn't given up and he's still putting out the quality content that he was putting out, you know, in the beginning, if not better now than it was before. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's see what he can do with the opportunity. And then, then once you get that opportunity, it's really up to you to kind of take it to the next level. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it, I think, I think that's, a, that's perfectly said. It's like, you kind of, you have to keep going with it. You can't just, I, I mean, I, it's totally normal for, for people to get discouraged. I mean, particularly with what you said about how stuff like music and film television, it's just, it's a very, uh, they're very tough industries, but it's one of those things where you kind of have to, in order to stand out, um, 
because to a certain degree, every like everyone in the industry that like really is pushing for it is talented, and they have the like if you look at film, like they have the look and they have this and that. But the people that make it are the ones that. Um, obviously there's a little bit of luck that goes into it, but it's the people that don't stop. Like they just keep doing it and pursue it. And, um, yeah. I totally hear what you're saying with that. And it's great. But I also, you know, it's crazy. It's sometimes, especially in the, in the film business, you know, you get better and your look changes with age, you know? So for example, like a Morgan Freeman, you know? When he wasn't a child actor, yeah, it was when he, it was when he was in his older age when his his character he became a character, um, and I think that with music, you're if you continue to educate yourself and continue to create, you're only going to get better. There's only forward momentum, and really, it's when you get those thoughts in your mind where you're not good enough or you know those those dark thoughts where you're just like oh well maybe i'm not doing the right thing it's when those take over is when you really hinder your ability to you know push forward and if you can just silence those evil and dark thoughts and just be like you know i this is my dream and my passion and i'm never going to give up you know the good the good things will come and i and i believe that because you know, when I first got into the music business, look, I started doing this um, after uh, an experience I had at Coachella in 2010, and it wasn't until 2000, like the end of 2012, that I really, you know, make the jump to be like, okay, I'm going for it. Um, and look, I didn't know how to make music. I never, I'm not, I wasn't a musician. I didn't know how to play piano. I didn't know how to play guitar. I didn't know how to use any program. But I was you know, really committed to learning and educating myself. And I was willing to put in the countless hours of, you know, that it takes to really get to a point where you're actually able to make a song. And uh, I just think that for any uh, producer or anyone who's trying to follow their dream in any field, you have to just be willing to put in the years and years of blood, sweat, and tears uh, to get yourself to the place you want to be, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, it's 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 fucking ruthless with the way that it with the way that it is, and it exactly you have to, um, even if you're not like I I think it's very I think it's very cool what what you said where you said you didn't know how to play piano or guitar, or you weren't really a musician, but you you did what a lot of people won't necessarily do in that situation. They'll be like they'll say oh well I have to be a musician to do this I can't really do that then oh well it's like no you're gonna sit down and you're gonna put in the hours in order to get to where you need to be and I think that's I think honestly from hearing that that's step one to get where you want to be you have to not let someone or whatever's in your mind dictate and say um oh well you're not a musician you can't do that yeah exactly I mean look we're we have and and I believe that producing you're not born uh, with the skill of a producer, you're really not. I think that you're maybe you, you you it's a skill that you learn, and you know you can go to school for it, or you can take the, the school of YouTube. You know, you can if you don't know how to tie a tie, you can go on YouTube and learn how to tie a tie. It's the same kind of concept with production. Um, obviously, it takes trial and error to get, become better and better and better, but yeah, you just need to just 
put the focus there. And it's hard, you know, because you got to be able to survive, which you need to make money. Um, and, you know, if you're really passionate, get a, you'll have a job, and when you're off work, you'll put in the four or five hours, you know, a day. It may take longer, but eventually, after two, three years of putting in those, you know, four to six hours after work, you're going to be like, whoa. I'm actually getting better. Yep. And these and these songs are coming nat- more naturally. And now with technology, you know, there's you can literally go like download a you know program and push one key and it does a pattern. Like, <laughs> and you can literally just put drum beats over that, and all of a sudden you have a hip hop beat. That's yep. like where we're at music right now. But obviously, that's not something I try to do ever. But hey, when I first got started, I'm not gonna lie, like. You can download a you can download a sample pack, and they have pre-made MIDI. You can literally put the pre-made MIDI into a synth, and then chop it up and make your own melodies with the chords that they provide. Yep. And and then all of a sudden, by you chopping it up and making your own melody using those notes, that's an original piece of work. And you know, starting out, if you don't have the ability to write your own chords it's not a bad thing to do and I know producers tons of, I mean we just saw this this post on Twitter the other day it's like Steve Angelo literally Steve Angelo took a pre-made loop from a sample pack put it in a song and it was a number one hit yep and it's just like and that's Steve Angelo you're like well you know Switch House Mafia one of the biggest artists they're one of the biggest artist groups ever in EDM those guys were doing that shit too, you know? It's just, so, I mean, there's no, what I guess what I'm trying to come down to is there's no excuse. So if you're really passionate about it, just go for it. Definitely. And no, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Uh, I, I, a few months ago, I downloaded, um, I don't know if you saw any of like the, uh, there were ads, there's probably ads for it everywhere, I think on Facebook, but for the thing called Masterclass, where there's like the different musicians that'll teach you, or like musicians and actors, like uh, Dustin Hoffman teaches you how to act and, uh, yeah. and so stuff like that. So there was one for Dead Mouse teaching electronic music production. And I was yeah. really curious, so I downloaded it, and there was one moment in that thing where he says, when he's talking about synths, he said, it, like, the, the video lesson starts, and he says, okay, watch this. And he put, if I remember correctly, he puts, like, one note into a MIDI and pushes a button, and it's this full, like, laid-out synth line. And he said, there, I just made a song. And he was just, like, and said, and then the purpose of the video is to teach you how to construct from scratch. But he said, this is essentially what you can do now. And it's really yeah. crazy. And it's just, I, I think that's so insane. Like, I didn't even know about the Steve Angelo thing. Yeah, the song Nas, Nas, or K-N-A-S. Wow. That song is the, the uh, yeah, the main lead is from a sample pack. Man, that's insane. Like a, like a vengeance sample pack, like yeah. a vault sample pack. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it, it, but it, there's, like, look, you know, I don't see it as a problem. Like, nobody... Obviously, he took it and was creative with it. He made his own version. Oh yeah, of, of, yeah. And and dude, that song is legendary. You know, Dylan Francis did a remix of it, and that's probably one of the dopest remixes um, of that song. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, there's there's just 
I mean, I think that you get scrutinized for doing it now in this day and age just because obviously you want to have original content. But, you know, with Splice having all the most, like, best process sounds, you can literally just go in and do whatever you want nowadays. And no one's going to even say anything as long as you're creative with it. Yeah. This, so this might segue into the, one of these last questions in a, in a really good way because you're talking about how we're we're kind of talking about how people will they have people have the ability to just kind of with a few clicks of a button make a hit song. What do you hope people take away from listening to your music? Wait, sorry, sorry, say what do what, sorry, say that one more time. Oh uh, no worries. Um, I said, what do you hope people take away from listening to your music? Mm. I mean, I hope that, you know, people take away just a, a good feeling. I mean, I like to, I make music because I want people to feel good. And, uh, you know, I think the most important thing about music is to kind of just, it, it can be to some extent an escape, or it could just be something to soothe your mind or to relax or, you know, however, whatever it is that, you know, people listen to music for sometimes they listen to music to dance or sometimes they listen to music while they're driving to kind of keep their mind off of whatever you know so i think for when somebody listens to my music i just want them to feel good and have a positive vibe like at the end of the day if i can help somebody through something they're going through um then that makes me happy but just as long as people are you know stoked and got a good vibe that's pretty much all i'm really looking for when i create music is that you know a good vibe <laughs> definitely well with that being said and what you hope people take away from what you hope others take away from your music what does music in general um represent or mean to you music for me is just really a peace of mind because you know i've Growing up, I've always been really, uh, you know, attracted to music. My father, when I was, you know, young, he would play music for my brothers and I while we went to sleep, or he really would, like, our family was really centered around music, although I, being a musician was never something I wanted to, or even thought about being, um, but I've always had music as a part of my life, so I just, music really just for me is, like, I guess it's an escape, you know? I can listen to music, and I don't have to think about, you know, paying taxes or, you know, what I need to accomplish for the day. I can listen to music and kind of let my mind wander and wander free and, you know, listening to the Beatles. I get good vibes. I feel good. I can change my mood. If I'm feeling down or something, I can listen to a song, and it can transform the way that I'm feeling. And I, there's, there's something just magical about that. And you can, and with DJing, you're, you have the power to change people's lives where because there's so many people in a room, like if you go and play a festival, say you're playing, you know, at EDC and there's 50,000 people there. The fact that you have the ability to control yes. all those people's mood and their bodies and their minds just by your presence on the stage and what you're doing with the cdj it's just it's like there's no feeling like it in the world i have yet to experience it and uh, I, other than 
you know, when I'm on stage. Obviously, surfing is a, its own experience, and, you know, skydiving is its own experience. But when you're the center of um, controlling people's moods and how they dance and all this stuff, it's just incredible. And I think that, um, I think that's really powerful. I, I couldn't agree more with that because I saw the very first time I saw something where I kind of had that thought was a video of Porter Robinson playing Coachella when he was really doing progressive house music and when he was doing that that style before he started with doing, um, I think it was called Worlds, um, like the next iteration of what he was doing. And, right. Um, I, mean, I he's just doing like the electro house stuff that he was like, got like pretty much known for and then yeah kind of switched it up yeah so it was during the first time that he did that and it was like it was just very that was the first time i noticed i was like holy shit he may not be playing an instrument but he's like he can control the entire room literally with the click of a button and his stage presence of like people can make fun of it all they want and say, "Oh, DJs aren't real musicians, or they're entering this." It's like, yeah, but they're they're still entertainers, well in their own right and in their own way, and it's really totally. cool. Like, and that was the first time I had that thought, and I was, I think that's one of the only other times I've heard someone express that. So I'm, I think that's cool that you see that too and can understand where that co- that feeling comes for from. For sure, yeah, for sure. And you know what's crazy is the, when I first, literally, that happened to me when I was at Coachella. In 2010, I had never been to a music festival. I had never even really experienced electronic music. I was always into reggae and rock, and I was actually at the time into this like post-metal kind of instrumental, I don't even know, it was like metal music, but without the screaming. So it was like, you know, a couple guitars, a bass player, drums, and it was just like this ambient loudness. And when I went to Coachella, I saw, you know, all these, amazing artists i saw like pretty lights and wolfgang gardner bass nectar but it was when i was watching tiesto you know it's kind of cliche tiesto of all people but he played the kaleidoscope album from start to finish and he was on the main stage and i just noted that there were so many people it was thousands and thousands and thousands of people and he had everyone just captivated and I was like, wow, this guy, one person standing on or standing on a stage, DJing, has the ability to create so much happiness. And people were, you know, having so much fun. I was like, that's the dream right there. Like, that's what I want to be doing. It's like, I'm sitting in an office, not living my dream. Like, this isn't, and I just it just all came together and I was like wow I want to do that like that's my calling <laughs> definitely and so. I, I think it's really funny because you say that the one thing I was going to close with on this was that you're performing at OMFG NYE with Tiesto and Dylan Francis on the bill which is two people you mentioned throughout this yeah. whole thing and yeah. it's just weird how it comes full circle totally totally and what's, what's interesting is I've actually played with Tiesto before uh, when I was under my duo um back in Vancouver and actually I played with them a couple times. Um, but yeah, it was, it was that moment when I was, wow, it all started at Coachella and now I'm here performing on the same stage. It was crazy. And now I'm doing it again under my solo project and it's just like, okay, 
this is definitely my calling, and I'm just extremely grateful that these opportunities continue to come, and I'm just excited for the future and what's, what's next, you know? Because I got a lot of music that I've been trying to finish up, and uh, or excuse me, that I'm finished up, and I'm going to be releasing over the, the course of the next couple months. Um, but yeah, we're going to be putting out new tracks every two to three weeks. And uh, yeah, OMFG LED in San Diego is going to be a special show for me because I did play there um, in 2015, 2016 New Year's. So to be back two years later is pretty special. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm super stoked to hear that. I'm super excited for you. Um, where can people... Um, just to, uh, I guess, bring this to a close, where can people find you online? Where can they uh, check out your music, stay up to date on what you got, and all that good stuff? All my music's on Spotify, um, Jinko, uh, and then on SoundCloud, Jinko Official. Um, you can listen to all the music there as well. Pretty much all my socials are the same. They're all Jinko Official. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Um, and I'm just going to be continuing to put out as much music as possible, you know, whether record labels are interested or not, I still want everyone to have an expression of myself, and I feel like every song I put out is that, and um, it's just, it would be a shame for people not to be able to listen to the music that I create, so, you know, just keep putting it out and see where the wind blows. Absolutely. I mean, that's all you can do, and that's that's the best way to do it. Um, Jinko, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you again yeah, thank for you so much. yeah. Thank you again for rescheduling amidst all that, and um, we'll get sure. this up. This is actually gonna, uh, I believe, gonna go up on Friday, so we'll have this okay, posted perfect. and ready to go. Yeah, just uh, send it on over, and yeah, if you guys need anything in the future, uh, always always happy to speak with you guys. Sweet. Thank you so much, man. Take care. Thanks so much. Bye.